You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello again. Long time no speak. In case you missed it, this is actually the second episode dropping today, and brings an end to the first week of two weeks full of new episodes, leading up to the two-year anniversary of Fly on the Call, episode 100, and a brand new theme song. This week, I've already spoken to Pronoun, Palette Knife, Matt Wilson of Set Your Goals in Near Dark, The Big Easy, and now I'm excited to add the spins to the list. They're an alt-rock band with sunshiny vibes who also dip their toes into many other areas of rock. We're talking all about their debut LP, Not If But When, the extended recording process, their influences, and working to create an album experience rather than just a collection of songs. I feel like the whole album is really like a cool mix between like these hazy sunshiny vibes and kind of like the intimate like confessional performance at the back of like a dark bar. Um, Can you talk a little about how you kind of like came about your sound and how you kind of like balance those two sides of it? We all like different kind of musics. I like all my alternative a lot. They're into Jimmy's in the rock and Phil's in the jazz and prog rock and freddie's yeah. also into like rush which is a prog rock yeah but yeah. <laughs> right. i still listen to like a lot of different yeah. music and it's we also try to like make it poppy because yeah. like you know popular sounding like digestible if you will. yeah digestible. but writing like the lyrics and stuff like that i just try to i don't even know like confessional is a good word for it yeah but it's, got a lot, it's a lot of just personal stuff right yeah, I feel like your music as a whole is kind of like it leans more on the emo side than a lot of the stuff that's like classified as like alternative rock, which is something close to my own heart. So that works works out in your favor with me. Um, but I'm curious, like kind of where what areas are that, that you like kind of draw the most influence from? I really like Midwest emo a lot. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with that as well. Like I'm, I was really influenced by like modern days, all those great. Oh, I'm talking like cap and jazz. And like from the '90s and stuff, like like American football. Well, that was the later band, but other examples. Good um, listen to it, Yeah, <laughs> been a minute. That's but, the wrong guy. Yeah. Well, Nick's a big Modest Mouse fan. He'll tell you all about it. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite band ever too. Uh, just I I like took my guitar sound from Isaac Brock a lot too. He's like been like my big inspiration for writing music in general. Also. Nice. Yeah, and I, I mean, I feel like not if but when as a whole is like really super dialed in which i think kind of makes sense since it's been you know this extended writing process where you know by the time it's out it'll be you know almost two years that you've been working on it how does it kind of like feel to finally be at the end of that tunnel Uh, yeah it's like it's our first bowling too obviously so it feels like 
you know, we're just really proud of it. Right? Like, we yeah, put a lot seriously. of work into it. We're really happy with how it came out. Um, and it definitely we were, feels crazy to finally just be able to hear it. Definitely exciting. Like, just like you said, we've been sitting on it for a long time. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, and like working with bands that I love too. So mm-hmm. it was that was just a crazy experience. I'll never forget it. I mainly feel uh, inspired for the next one, mm-hmm. truthfully. I'm excited to make more art. Yeah, like more albums, too. right? Everyone because does now, sure. you know, I feel like most people would agree that once you release something and it's finished, it's like no art is really ever done, right? Um, Disneyland is never being, never done. <laughs> Listen, this, Disney World is never done being built. Example. It's, wow. it's, it's never done being built. You know, it's never going to be finished. They're never going to say, we're done now, no more rides. Um, they're just going to, you keep expanding on it and stuff. And when you release it permanently, I've been trying to make it more dynamic in our live performances, the songs, so that they get new breath to them. And I'm excited to go on to the next album, knowing what I know now, do it, making the first one. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big learning experience. Different than making an EP. Sure. <laughs> yeah. When, what ways was it kind of like different? More intense. First of all, well, I honestly can't, this is my first album. I wasn't in a band until this album. First EP, for example, was just song, mostly songs that I already, I had already written at the end of high school. Uh, and when we got the band together, it was just us, you know, making those in the songs or, you know, working on them. But, and then with the second EP, it got a little more interesting with more takes and, and pulling from different inspirations. Then by this full length album, we had, you know, incorporated film to the band. And he gave us a whole nother perspective and a new ear to our music, which inevitably changed our sound again. And, and that's where a lot of uh, not if, but when comes from a lot of the new dynamics or different sounds and vibes, right? Just because, yeah. um, you know, he, he, he brought a lot of jazz, jazzy ideas and stuff. Major seventh chords. Uh, and with like the kind of, the more intensive and like expanded uh, like writing process, what part of it kind of like stood out the most to you or that you felt like you kind of were able to see that growth the most? In the studio with Gary. Yeah. When, when he took the original demos and was just like, I would do this, try this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was right. And, and he was right 90% of the time. About, yeah, like learning things about how to like make Pro- a song, produce, take like a song to the next level and like teach your stand like, and like, do things to it. it's like captivating the yeah, listener like, you know not just I mean? write a song but make a record yeah like that's how i like to put it because like, yeah it was just a bunch of songs we'd mm-hmm. written and you know they they could have worked together but without the without his input i don't think it would have yeah hit as it hasn't really yeah. been really you know what i mean yeah it's for me i like to listen come to together it. as like one piece as a and were th- are there any kind of like moments in particular that you can think of that like you're like okay yeah this was a, a positive change i would say at the end of um fade away we originally went back into the chorus and it was gary's idea to take that out because then it gives it more realistic because he leaves people hanging and they're like they're supposed to be another yeah. chorus there so they just end up listening to the song again <laughs> Yeah, Gary really they, like, like he knows it like it helped like he re- helped us show how to like build more tension in our songs make it more interesting instead of like like he'll, like mystery uh, Keep yeah because yeah. Yeah, like one thing he did a lot was like cut the chorus in half like yeah. you have these two huge choruses cut them cut them in half do it once and then by the time the end they haven't heard it yet so something new and like so it keeps the ear fresh which is what you need if you want someone to listen to a song uh-huh. 
For sure. Yeah, that's funny that you mentioned that, actually, because I feel like on the fence kind of like ends in this really kind of like almost triumphant way. And I'm like, this doesn't feel like this feels like the start of a record. Yeah, that's the point. Like, yeah, and then I, you want to go right back. Exactly. To the yeah. 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 That's, what, that's what we were trying to do. Go yeah. back. Like when, when Fade Away starts again, you're like, OK, yeah, I'm OK. Yeah. I'm OK with the second ride. I'm excited to like maybe do something at the beginning of the next album that feels like it should have came from offense. You know? oh, yeah, yeah. So that. maybe it's just like a whole anthology that just fits together. I don't know. It's going to take some planning, but. <laughs> yeah, I love when bands do stuff like that for sure. <laughs> and I mean, I feel like, you know, the fact that this was recorded over a span of three weeks, which is like kind of not really that common these days. What was it that kind of like made you want to go like all in in that way? Well, um, the first two were recorded yeah. over two, yeah. two to three days. So. <laughs> Oh, like three weeks, hours three weeks was um, like a very nice it was a nice surprise so i mean like i mean i personally didn't feel a lot of pressure like time wise i was just more pressured like making sure everything sounds good because mm-hmm. like i mean we know the song like we came with a bunch of songs that like we yeah, already knew so. inside and out almost so it was just more so like rearranging the songs so it was like and I know like so many bands take like years to put out records. Like we just, I just watched a documentary about um, a Pink Floyd album and like they just kept pushing it off cause it just wasn't ready. Which yeah. like, I mean, I couldn't imagine doing that because <laughs> like we recorded this in three weeks and it was just like, I couldn't imagine like being able to have that time to think. And I yeah. mean, that's why their records come out like perfect is because they have all that time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice to, like, it was almost like nice to be able to be put under that kind of pressure without kind of knowing it and then now that we know like if one day like we do have a bunch of money we have a bunch of time to spare we know that we can make an even better record yeah. than what we have yeah it was kind of like gary's idea too like because like he he told us once we were there like he doesn't three weeks is even like the shortest he usually does because he like you know like once you're just setting your mind on making music and nothing else week straight like you can record like that's all you're yeah. focused on for that you know period of time like you're not going to the studio then you got to go to work and then come back and keep like all you're doing is just for that span of time that you've set aside and i feel like that yeah. we came and out too. honestly surprisingly we like hanging out with each other outside yeah. so three weeks wasn't wasn't terrible yeah. it was all right and honestly made three weeks fun. didn't even feel like enough because like by the end like it was like oh we're almost done but like we, it was there's yeah, a little we bit of crunch time there was the a little bit of crunch time or was it like it wasn't like a walk in the park or anything so yeah. you know maybe a month next time maybe yeah i mean you've t- mentioned a couple times kind of like the it seems like you put a lot of importance in the album as like a unit. Uh, can you talk a little bit about kind of like what what you connect to, to about that medium? Like like making like a, a cohesive piece of album. art yeah. compared to like a bunch of singles or like a playlist, okay. if you will. Because okay. I started listening to albums only like when I was in high school. Like I didn't like listening to playlists. I like really loved listening to like cohesive albums like start it and end it at the finish thing so like i'm really happy that you say that because i think we did get there because a lot of the songs have the same feeling but they're different enough to 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 bring you to different parts and like different things in your brain so since we all wrote it and a lot of the things are very similar but different it gives you that cohesion from start to finish and i think another thing is that it's a really strong opener and a really strong closer helps a lot because it kind of makes it it really makes that sandwich work. <laughs>
Nice. I dig that analogy. <laughs> uh, I mean, one of my favorite tracks on the album is Vibe Police, which, I mean, it's a vibe. And yeah, I mean, I'd just love to hear a little bit about how that one came together. That one so, was probably one of the most uh, all-inclusive yeah, like songs, yeah, right? So, so most of them were either like two of us like uh, driving or rather like leading the way, whereas that one, everybody just came together and it was... Yeah, super beautiful when it when that first started, they were jamming it yeah, yeah so it it, just only, me and, Bill, and i came, came to practice with, late like, or something yeah, yeah we had come up with like the progression like the baseline had a, progression yeah, and then the, the drum baseline, part all and then and it was the, just that and yeah. then we brought it to practice and then nick started doing that that yeah, dancey nah, thing nah, and like, we were like nah, oh nah, my nah, god yeah we were like this is okay but then nick did that we were like this is great like I'm really happy about this one, and uh-huh. oh my god, really. And she just that came up with lyrics right there on the spot too. And at first we were like, oh, kind of like a placeholder. It was like a joke, like almost. Like, oh, vibe yeah, because at the time like, everybody was yeah. just like, oh, vibe check. What are you yeah, doing? We are you chilling saying, right now, or you're not vibing? Like, and I was like, oh, the vibe. Pol-. I would be like, what are you, the vibe police? You know, so <laughs> the vibe police chilling right behind. Yeah. But it kind of like grew on us. Like, actually, not. Like, what if we just kept it? Like, that be stupid. Worked out. Yeah. We're happy with it. We love that song. Uh-huh. Is that how uh, writing tends to go for you? Like, kind of uh, spur of the moment, or does it tend to be more like a mapped out process? Lyrics last. I feel like if, yeah, if the music definitely. isn't there, the lyrics won't be there. So we all, when we're writing demos and stuff, we don't. I don't even necessarily. I write lyrics all the time in my notebook. Nick's kind of like the wordsmith. If you <laughs> yeah. So I just I just write a lot of like lyrics and and you know, words and phrases I like down. And then eventually after the music's right, then the lyrics last. A lot yeah. like, like the, the, the writing process of the strokes. Yeah. If you ever, uh, Julian, uh, Casablancas. Julian Casablancas, his style is, is, is really cool. He, yeah. they'll write the whole album and they'll like rush the whole record, but it'll still be beautiful. Uh, like go in, like uh, I saw a little mini doc of him recording uh, uh, the first album with uh, last night and I know the album cover. he just he just spits it free bar right off the top of his head and he just keeps trying until he gets it right uh-huh. uh, and I, I like doing stuff like that yeah I feel like our music writing too is like the initial idea is very spontaneous like usually it'll come from a jam and yeah. we'll just be recording it and then we'll be like all right that was a cool idea like let's take those things and like craft them in song yeah you know? and then we a lot of temptation to like go off and continue the jam but yeah. it's really important to us to because you know Stop for a second be like yo that was good yeah but let's, <laughs> let's let's take it back a second let's yeah. structure that out and not just like keep going but sometimes it's good to just keep blowing on a jam until you have like a bunch of different parts we'll just record them cut them which parts do we like and yeah the process is just experiment with a lot of different like feels ways yeah. of playing it. very algorithmic now though like whole plan, planned out plan to like start to finish we do the same thing now every time. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then uh, another one of my favorite tracks is acid rain and i don't know i have a specific question of it but i'd just love to hear a little bit about how that one came together that one came from what we were just talking about we were standing at our friend's house and is that they, on tour no we were just at tim's we were at tim's like eight hours yeah. and we recorded we recorded the whole day and I remember we got back and listened to it and 
like Nick had the chord progression and we kind of all we were all working with it and then I remember I thought of a bass line I really liked and then Nick just like hit the boom, 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 da, da, and then I was like wait and we were just kind of like wait like isn't that out of keys or it's like it switches switch from minor to major yeah yeah like you switch keys kind of I was like is yeah. that is that weird and then is it that worked weird? and then I remember I added the triplet thing and then Freddie followed and then we were just like yep yeah. And then Jimmy was like so loud or like yep and then yep, <laughs> yep. it was great. Yeah. That one kinda of, one of the another one that just kinda of came together. Yeah, like from a, a jam. Completely yeah. from a jam. Well actually out. actually no, you know what? I had a, I had actually written that one. Oh the, the, the lyrics previously, um oh. about it's about uh, my mom's friend who moved from New Jersey to Maine and just like kinda of left everything behind because like, you know, like he was just you know, he fell in love, you know, so he just and he was always around when I was a kid. And I was just kind of thinking about what that's like to just like leave and leave society. Like, like the lyrics are, are really hermit vibes, right? Just get away from everybody loving and nature. all the loving nature. And just, it's, you know, just about leaving society because society is stressful all the time. <laughs> yeah. Lots of pressures there. Yeah. And so what made like that, you said you had written those lyrics previously. What made that kind of like the right song or the right song to fit the lyrics? I think I was just I was just feeling some sort of way at the time when I wrote that one. Like I said, just trying to escape society, uh, and I was thinking about just climate change and stuff, and and just about like you ever. So I like Modest Mouse a lot. Lonesome Crowded West. I pull a lot of inspiration from that album because it's just such a cohesive piece of art, and it's so many great themes in in the album that he covers. So beautiful. If you haven't heard it, you should check it out. Um, and two, like that one's probably like the most. It's about like the yeah, exactly. it's and not I like the like, deforestation of the West and exactly. how that's like a tragedy because like they put a strip mall on the most fertile land in America or something. And that that had me thinking because I was on that like spur and. Yeah. But like acid rain, I feel like those lyrics fit because that's about like going against the norm, going against society, and that song's like punk rock a little bit. I yeah. feel like it's a, it's a little bit more punky, and I feel like that's that's the connection there. Yeah, that's what made it. I think I think that's that's nice. <laughs> um, I mean, I love the way that like it sounds. It seems like you really have like so many of these pieces kind of like plotted out. Like I, I really enjoy like the kind of the I guess cohesion would be the word that you're trying to like make. And I mean, I'm also like when I, I checked out some of the live sessions you've been posting, I feel like those are like super well put together. And I was really surprised at how much you like sounded like the record. Can you just I guess talk a little about kind of like that that work ethic that seems to be clear to me. <laughs> um, yeah, we we just, all play a lot together and separately. Yeah. <laughs> but and mostly like, together. We just, yeah, we just really want, you know, we just all love music, make this as we can put out the art we want to make and also just, as, you know what I mean? And like, that's pretty hard, but it takes a lot of work, but like, we're always willing to best, we try to be the best we can out. Yeah, and then, I mean, I always like to wrap up the same way, which is just by asking for a piece of advice or something you've been thinking about lately that you want to share. Stay positive, because if you stay negative all the time, it's just going to lead to bad roads, and if you stay positive, uh, the good things that you talk about will happen. That's what I'm going to say. Everything happens for a reason. You just got to try and find light in any situation, and you'll always be smile at people all the time. Yeah. Because they'll... they'll, Literally ninety percent of the time, they smile back, and that can make someone say, yeah. "Yeah, just smiling and <laughs> yeah, just being, a, being a happy person." I that's, like that. That's it. I'd say don't think too much. 
<laughs> I'd say don't smoke cigarettes. Don't smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and here we are at the end of the first week of this two-week celebration of Fly on the Call. Be sure to check back starting on Monday for another five more awesome conversations as we close out the second full year of the podcast. Thanks so much to The Spins for taking the time to talk. Next time you have some time to chill on a beautiful day, bring a blanket out onto the grass, spin not if but when, and soak it all in. Fly on the Call is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. A special thank you as always to The Alternative for helping to promote the show, Kaylin West of Tiny Stills for the theme song, and Kaylin Jane for the artwork. You can keep up to date by subscribing to the podcast and following the show on Twitter and Instagram at FlyingTheCallPod. Feel free to email any questions, comments, or other feedback to me at FlyingTheCallPod at gmail.com. Catch you all on the flip before. Fly on the this is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week, I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.